welcome to Level with Emily Reese. This is music by Dom Palumbi from his album called Game Night. Dom is the drummer on the album, which also features artists like Insane and Rain Music, the tenor sax player, Super Soul Bros are on the album, Patrick Bartley is on the album, Charlie Rosen, Adam Neely, the list goes on. And we'll talk about a lot of the players, so don't worry about that. The album mostly consists of covers of game music, but also includes a handful of originals that I am telling you are equally as fabulous. Dom and his band came to Minneapolis that first weekend of April for VGM Con, which I've been talking about a lot recently. And I'll tell you again, get your tickets for next year. Come visit us in Minneapolis because VGM Con is an amazing experience. And I'm pretty sure Dom and his band will be back next year in 2023. So get your tickets now. Uh, There is a video of this conversation up on YouTube. Please subscribe so you don't miss when those get posted. I'll tell you, I hit a setting, so it's only Dom in the video. (laughs) Uh, I'll get used to this video stuff yet, I promise. Uh, And I think the next couple videos might be like that. But nonetheless, check it out on YouTube. Uh, As far as this version, the audio version always has uh, music mixed in, which the YouTube version won't. Uh, but any, in any event, we started off our chat here, Dom and I, with Dom talking about how he decided to put this band together in the first place and record this music. It's a dream project uh, that I, I didn't really think would come to such magnitude, in all honesty. I... I just wanted to put out badass music with badass musicians and I've met so many amazing people through the years of getting into the VGM scene and streaming and it's a whole combination of things that we'll get into but it's it's as I said before it's it's an culmination of the amount of time and effort and work and people that I've met that I wanted to like really make something special and give something back to the community in in a way that they've never heard video game music before so right Right. And if you were to, you know, to explain to someone like my mother what this album is, what would you say to her? I would pretty much say it's a funk fusion compilation of video game music and originals compositions inspired by video game music. If somebody is not a fan of video game music, if they like funk, if they like 70s, they like Scary Pockets, Wolfpack, Lewis Cole, uh, Lettuce... You know, any of those names uh, that ring a bell to them, they're going to like the album. Like, yeah. heck, my mom loves listening to it, and she's not really a big video game music fan. You yeah. know, I, I realize when we talk about video game music specifically, it definitely, you know, shortens the, or it doesn't necessarily shorten. I think the word I'm specifically saying, it, 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 the opposite of broaden, it, it, it makes, you know, the, the audience or the circles of people significantly smaller because mm-hmm. we're targeting a more specific audience. Yeah. Um, I think my overall goal is whether regardless if people like video game music or not, it's still good music. Like, it doesn't matter if you've known, if you've been following uh, the, the composers for like Super Mario or Legend of Zelda or Mega Man or any of those people uh they've been putting out music that have been inspired by our traditions back in the day so it just makes sense that it's like we're trying to kind of like carry those traditions that they're carrying on it's it's a funny you know collision of worlds that happens when we talk about this kind of stuff i guess like i was a you know i don't want to say i was a, a complete avid gamer growing up as a kid but i played a lot of games i played xbox i played wii i played gamecube i had a playstation didn't necessarily think of any of the video game music as like a prominent thing. Um, but now that, you know, my whole perspective of it has changed, I was like, how can I transform this music into something that fits my style, but then also is very accessible to anybody, not just gamers or nerds or people that are into this kind of stuff specifically? Because one, it's nostalgic to us, but at the same time, too, somebody just happened to hear this on the radio, you know. They might or might not know it's from a video game.
that's one of the things I love too about the album is that you do some originals. So uh, I, I want to talk about those for sure. Uh, mm. It opens with an original, um, and and I think there's three originals yes. on the on the album, right? And then yes. some great covers of Sonic and halo and we'll get into all of that but um you you said something that i'm really curious about because you mentioned that uh you know you didn't really even though you were a gamer you weren't really considering the music as much separately from the gaming experience you know what i mean so Mm -hmm. so when you how old were you when you started playing music so uh, my parents raised triplets for the first for the first part of it. Um, okay, three kids, two twin sisters, and I was the fraternal twin of all three of us. Um, probably around when we were like nine or ten years old, uh, we all started having the opportunity to be like, "Oh, okay, you know, grade school introduces you to hearing about instruments." It was actually before that period of time. One of my sisters started taking piano lessons at a local school nearby. And influence of her, my other sister decided to take guitar lessons. And influence of them, I was like, well, I don't want to be the only one that doesn't do it. So I might as well, like, try to do something music-related. So I wanted to take piano lessons. But the school at the time had too many students. They were completely capped. And then I heard the drums in the background. And I was just like, wait, what's that? And walked by the drum lesson room just to see. And there's this huge, massive room of drums and cymbals, two drum sets set up. And I was like whoa, what is this? So I took a drum lesson uh, when I was about 10 years old and had literally just been got in love with it as soon as uh, I had a first few lessons, kept doing it for pretty much started uh, studying with this drum teacher, Matt Lewis, uh, for like eight years, all the way from grade school all the way up to the end of high school. And then pretty much from there, I was just like, what's the one thing that I want to do the most? It was play the drums it was you know continue this music thing so finished my high school career uh and then get into uh rutgers university at mason grove school of the arts uh okay went through the whole jazz department and pretty much finished my jazz performance degree in 2016 getting to study with victor lewis robbie amin and then under the tutelage of joe magnarelli bill o'connell ralph bowen uh victorus at the time before he passed away so I was very lucky that I had some time to share with him. Mm-hmm. Um, Conrad Herwig leads the program, and it was just an all-star lineup of musicians. But when I yeah. first auditioned there, I was just like, I have nobody, I have no knowledge of who teaches here, who does what. So it was a very transformative experience going through that. Um, yeah, I started playing drums when I was ten, and just kind of just kept going with it because at that moment I kind of was like, I don't think there's anything else I'm relatively good at. that i could that i could like figure out to do for my life and uh, when high school was ending at the period of time i was just like yeah no like i'm good at math i'm good at science but that stuff's boring (laughs) i I don't i don't want to sit in in an office and and have to have to you know write and and type up stuff nine to five kind of thing i i i wanted to you know do something drastically different and i'm very happy i've been doing that for a while now so what made you choose the jazz path? Because as a drummer, there are so obviously so, with any instrument, you can do a billion different things. So, so right. what connected you to jazz? I guess like the first thing, well, I guess the first thing was middle school comes around after I get through fourth and fifth grade and I find out there's a jazz band. I see there's a drum set in the jazz band. And I was yeah. like, I want to play drums for that just because my brain didn't think at that at that age any, you know, I was just like drums. I want to yeah. do it and and just get into it. <laughs> yeah. But then it, sixth grade comes up and I missed the chance to audition for the band. So I made it. I made uh-huh. it a, a really big point in my mind to where like, okay, if I want to get in this band, I need to learn stuff about jazz. So I went to my drum teacher and I was like, hey, I want to get in a jazz band. What do we got to do to learn this stuff? And he was like, great, we're gonna start, you know, teaching you all diff- the different kinds of swing beats. We're gonna listen to a bunch of different kinds of music. Um, I even remember at the time my parents got me a, a Buddy Rich album um, <laughs> way back when. I forget what it's called, but it was one of the first jazz records I listened to and also the very best of John Coltrane was like one of the other nice. uh, record sets of recordings. So instantly I was already listening back to, you know, Elvin uh, Jones, le- Elvin Jones <laughs> Buddy Rich, just, just legends. Yeah. I didn't necessarily think of anybody else at the time. And then kind right. of blue, Miles Davis kind of blue was like just yeah. another... 
another album that like really hit me or at least like so what i like i always love that tune Once I kind of told my teacher that, I was like, okay, seventh grade comes around, I audition, I get in the band, I'm like, cool, we get to, like, you know, play and, and learn stuff. And it was, you know, challenging. I actually remember at the time, too, uh, the drum set was set up, interestingly, where the ride cymbal was on the left-hand side, or at the time, no, I, I, I forget that. I was actually playing, like, open-handed when I first got started, so left-hand, like, kind of on the hi-hat area, right-hand on the snare. But then making the switch to play the ride cymbal parts were always the most complicated thing. And one of my one of the other drummers in the band was just like, why don't you just take your, you know, cross over your hands from your hi-hat to your snare and do the, you know, move your right hand so you're not having to be like, yep. you know, switching places left and right. So that was that was honestly the only reason why I, I got into jazz at the time. Yeah. Um but as as things progressed, I started to listen to the music a lot more. I started to get you know more of an ear for it, and I was just like, you know, yeah, this improv stuff is really cool. Like I love also all sorts of kinds of styles of music. You know, I love funk, I love rock, I love blues. I played I played actually with a rockabilly band when I was like sixteen for for, <laughs> for a good amount of time. Yeah, and nice. they were taking me and you know bringing me into bars, and I'm like the only person there that feels young as heck. Like I can't drink anything. I, I'm yeah. I'm just the drummer here, you know, to play that card again. But um, <laughs> it was fun because I was just like getting to try to you know expand my horizons on all the different kinds of mm -hmm. styles of playing. I I tried to do a few punk metal stuff. Uh, that wasn't really necessarily my vibe, but yeah. like I still respect any drummer that does it, any kind of style of music because there's certain language that we all have to learn, and there's you know there's certain roles that we have to play depending on the context so i kind of just wanted to do anything and everything drumming related but i think still jazz stuck out to me the most because it was the most fulfilling or um i want to say more specifically the the ability to for us to express ourselves in in a very natural way apply uh, yeah. you know really really um really attached to me Mm -hmm. I'm having a hard time figuring out what words to say. <laughs> God damn it! <laughs> I think you understand what I'm saying, though. It's, I do. It, I do. It, it's that freedom of expression, and the improv sense is something I really thrive off of. Outside of you know playing tunes, so that's always yeah. that's always what what I felt like kept me on my toes with you know listening to somebody else and and reacting to that and having a conversation and building that. So I just kept kept sticking with it because I think it was just the, something that naturally fit for what I was doing. So when did keyboard come? I mean, how did you learn about harmony and stuff then? Because, you know, you're writing originals, so clearly right. you have an understanding of, of jazz harmony and all of that. So when did you start learning those things? So I actually, funny enough, we had a keyboard in our house for a good period of time. It was one of those old Casio keyboards that you press the keys, they light up. Sometimes my dad would literally, you know, press a start to play the girl from Ipanema. And, <laughs> and, and he still says he can play it to this day because you would just, you know, touch one key to play the melody and yeah. the keyboard wouldn't keep going unless you played the right song um so we had that in the house and mm -hmm. there were actually a few times when i was a kid very young my my mom's dad and i would play a few play a few tunes like heart and soul like sure. we used to we used to do that all the time and that actually brings me back way a bit um but when i got into college uh, every music major that went to Rutgers or the Mason Grove School of the Arts had a pass piano proficiency exam, meaning mm -hmm. you can't graduate if you do not know how to play piano, like yeah. not an option. So I was just like, well, I guess I'm screwed. I guess I just can't. <laughs> no, I ended up like forcing myself in taking two years of 
piano courses because I was mm-hmm. like, this is the only way that I'm actually legitimately going to be able to learn how to play the instrument and pass the, pass the exam. And yeah. I'm glad I did that because it really helped me at least get a good foundation of understanding, you know, correct fingerings, you know, chord voicings. Once that happened, I had a piano, uh, jazz piano harmony class with Bill O'Connell. And huh. that just, wow. he just tore my brain apart. That yeah. just like learning two fives, learning, you know, uh, better voice leading, playing melodies and, and that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, that really opened my eyes and be like, whoa, this is a whole new perspective, a whole new world to, to experience. So yeah. going through that was really transformative. And learning, just even learning tunes, like being able to understand chord voicings and and like reading stuff out of a real book. Um, the best part about that then was when I'm studying with Victor Lewis. You know, he's not only a living legend; he's yeah. an amazing drummer, but uh, composes a bunch of stuff. And he yep. was like pushing me to actually compose some music. So there was a handful of lessons that. When I was in the composing phase, I'd come into lesson, even if he had something else for us to do, I'd say, hey, Victor, can we like work out an idea? I'm like kind of doing stuff. He's like, yeah, man, let's do it. And he'd jump on the drum set. I'd jump on the keys and we'd like hash out like trying to work out stuff for 30 minutes. So, you know, by the end actually of my senior year uh, in college, my senior recital, we played eight of my compositions. We played pretty pretty much my, my first album ever called As the Sun Rises. Um, it's released under my artist, my, my former artist named Dominic Palumbi, which is just my full name, okay. but I plan, I plan on actually re-releasing that under Dom Palumbi. So that way everything's in one place. Sure. So I, I had, I had the fortunate pleasure to like write a lot of compositions and then on my senior recital, I just performed all original stuff because Sweet. I was pretty inspired by all of that. Yeah. So piano has been a very big, big help for not just like me to express myself in another way because now I just sometimes love noodling on keys and and trying to see what other ways I'm feeling outside of just a rhythmic perspective. I mean, drums can play melodies too. Don't get me wrong. Right. There's some there's something nice about playing some some lovely melodies and chords on the keys and mm-hmm. it's been really fun. Sometimes I'm even messing around now doing like Josh Dion Paris Monster or or uh, Nate Wood kind of stuff where they're playing, you know, chords and bass lines whilst playing drums at the same time. And, wow. and, and that, that stuff's wild. So let's let's talk a little bit about the album then, because yeah. then, or maybe a step before that would be when did you start to really embrace music from games as a you know something you wanted to perform? Yeah. So I, I tell this story like this pretty much all the time. It's kind of the best way to tell it. We we track back to uh, twenty seventeen. Uh, probably a year after I graduate from Rutgers, uh, coincidentally during my time at Rutgers, I actually sang with the Rutgers Glee Club, uh, which is a men's chorus. We, you know, one of the finest men's choruses in the world in all honesty. Um, and I stayed in touch with a significant amount of those people, amount of those guys. Some of them are my best friends and we just casually hung out, played games just for fun, video games, tabletop stuff, whatever. They tell me, oh, we like going to this gaming convention called PAX East. Uh, you're, <laughs> are you interested in going? And I was like, what's that? I have no idea. Never oh, wow. been to a gaming convention before. So I was like, screw it. I'm going to go have a good time, hang out with friends, and see something new. Yeah. No, no, no intentions of, of getting into anything prof- you know, professionally, musically related. Um, once that kind of happens i go there and and exist and 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 embody the convention experience because there's so much that goes on well just even the pax experience there's so much (laughs) goes on at conventions it's crazy i was overwhelmed you know i was like oh "Oh, there's some concerts happening there's oh there's a jam space i didn't know magfest was running a jam space at the time didn't know what magfest was pax east yeah yeah pax east in boston yeah um so i go enjoy my time with my friends play a few tournaments. I've tried to enter in a Mario Kart tournament because Mario Kart's one of my favorite games ever. Um, 
And and it just kind of like a lot of stuff happens. But then I was always like, what are, what is this jam space? I have no idea what it's about. The last day of the con Sunday, I decided to veer off from my friend group and say, hey, y'all, I'm going to go check this out. I haven't played drums in three to four days. I need to practice. I need <laughs> I need to do something to hit some skins or whatever. So I go to the jam space and uh, the guys on the stage at the time were the Super Soul Bros. I didn't know who they were, but there was a big panel board that they had a list of, of video game tunes and people could sign up to get on the on the roster to play. So I talked to somebody and said, hey, get me on this Zelda tune, Lost Woods. And then I pull up my phone, listen to it on YouTube. I was like, wait, <laughs> how does this go again? I, I don't know. So I listened to it briefly. And then I jump on stage with Robbie Benson, the, the, the band leader of the Soul Bros, you know, didn't know who they were at the time. And then just random other set of people that I've never met before. Yeah. Um, we play, we attempt to play a halftime funk, funk version of Lost Woods. <laughs> and it went very interestingly to, 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 <laughs> to, yeah. to, 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 you know, keep, to, to, to keep that, keep that at where that's at. Um, yeah. So that, that happens. And then, and then after the Soul Bros actually end up playing a few tunes, and I stuck around for a little bit. Of that. I was like, "Holy crap, these guys are good! I need to get to know these dudes." So yeah. I hand Robbie and a few of the guys my card. I was kind of the end of the convention, and that was it. The following year comes by, 2018, and I'm like, "Okay, all this happened. Let me see who's playing and performing for PAX 2018 next year." And the Soul Bros are leading and headlining the convention during the weekend. I was like, yeah. "Yo." cool, I know these dudes, or I've met some of them. Mm -hmm. So I do my research, look them up online, find the name of the drummer, Chris Heyman, who's now one of my best friends. Well, I message him and be like, hey man, I don't know if you remember me. I was this drummer that played on this halftime funk fusion version of Lost Woods. Yeah. You know? And he was like, oh yeah, were you the drummer that didn't suck in this video? And I was like, wait. <laughs> wait, wait there's, a video, there's a video that exists of it? Apparently, there was a video of the session that I played on that lasted a whole year. It was a year-long joke between all the Soul Bros guys. And they had it, you know, it was just something that they were talking about all this time. And they were like, who's that drummer? Who's that guy? And I meet them all in person when 2018 comes around. Yeah. And I was like, yeah, that's me. And they were like, man, you you really, you really got a bad dice roll, didn't you? Or, or just, you know, it was just a funny experience. But that that led to me getting to know all the guys much better. Yeah. Um, and, and also, like, when I met Chris in person, we talked for like two to three hours straight after that. It's like it that that feeling of when you meet somebody, and and it's like you know, long lost cousin, long lost brother. You know, you, you were destined just to kind of know each other. We hit it off, and it was just like, dude, you're super cool. I want to hang out with you <laughs> after that. So once that happened, they told me all about the video game music stuff. At least they've been covering video game music for a long time. Uh, I decided, hey, I want to hang out with you guys. Can we do something this summer? He's like, come to San Jose. I flew out to San Jose in August and stayed with Robbie and Chris for like three days. We got to, you know, kind of go around San Jose and, and parts of California for a little bit. But then we ultimately jammed and streamed on their Twitch channel, which okay. then I was like, oh, there's this whole music streaming world that I didn't know existed either. Yeah. But that's what they utilized for a long time for a core of not only their audience, but also getting, you know, video game music out there. And people loved it. People yeah. loved it. I had such a blast. So not only did they introduce my knowledge to just like people covering video game music, but then it was like I learned more about, oh, people could do this streaming thing seriously. And I was curious. I came home. I literally got my iPhone, set it up, and, and started streaming that following weekend wow playing drums online so and then after <laughs> after all that i started streaming regularly so i i was streaming like three or four days a week my parents were just like dom you're playing a lot of drums in the basement more than you normally do i was like well <laughs> i i'm trying to do this internet streaming thing it seems seems like there's something significant to it so a lot has changed uh, during that period of time too. Whilst I was at PAX East, they did the Soul Bros did tell me, "Oh, we go to this convention called Magfest. We can get you on our guest list, and and if you come with us, you can stay with us, and we'll you know take care of yeah. you and X, Y, and Z, and introduce you to a bunch of people." I was like, "Sure, you know what? <laughs> I've gone this deep in the rabbit hole already. I might as well just keep going at this rate." <laughs> so, you know, I've I've streamed along. I streamed for that year on Twitch, got to know a lot of the people online and develop a small little community. I leaned heavily on the Soul Bros and their Discord server for 
people to come watch and help out. So that that I still owe a lot to them because I probably wouldn't have gotten my my stream started if it weren't for those guys either. Yeah. Um, but then Magfest came around and I was like, oh, this is a gaming convention. This is a music but gaming convention dedicated to video game stuff, and that's where I've met. You know, a smattering amount of people that either I've idolized, I've watched on the internet, yeah. uh, like Charlie Rosen of the 8-Bit Big Band, Adam Neely was there for a short period of time. Um, that's where I met Carlos and Sand in the Rain mm-hmm. for the first time. And he was just like, yo, wait, you're you're a really great drummer. We need yeah. to talk. And that just, it, it just put a lot of, you know, connecting connecting the dots and, 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 Sometimes hard for me to talk about sometimes, but it's just like everything kind of, it was that domino effect. The one thing led to another, another thing led to another. And I'm here today because I went to a gaming convention with friends for, for fun, just yeah. for, just for fun. <laughs> So let's talk more specifically then about the album because it is so so good and um, you know Carlos Insane in the Rain plays on it and I love him so much I just want to put him in my pocket and take him everywhere with me <laughs> and <laughs> don't tell him I, or maybe do tell him I said that I, uh, <laughs> I just want to be like whoop here's a great tenor player you know um, and Charlie Rosen I've had on the show before to talk about his big band, which is fantastic. And getting to hear him play bass in that way is so fun. Um, so, so I mean, I guess we'll, we'll talk about the originals in a minute, but how did you choose what tunes you wanted to cover when it came to, uh, you know, choosing game music? So the first actual reason that I started this album was like, I've probably been streaming for a little over two and a half years at this point, or like when the pandemic hit, you know, I, I, I didn't ex- necessarily expect the pandemic to hit before I started streaming. I started <laughs> streaming way before everybody else was like kind of doing stuff. Yeah. Pan- pandemic came time and everybody was like home. Everybody had to stay, you know, isolated and stuff like that. Yeah. But at the same time, there were a lot of copyright um, issues that Twitch was dealing with. Mm-hmm. So the biggest problem with that is like figuring out what music that you're allowed to actually stream yeah. and and have the rights to be able to play to and it yeah. made things more complicated cuz I'm just like I can't just be a radio station playing along to any kind of cover that people want to do. I was yeah. I did that for a while and I'm kind of done with that cuz it's it's fun to learn music on the fly but at the same time it sometimes it's like somebody says one thing and then pa- it passes through the other ear. One goes in, yeah. one ear goes one out, and it's like I don't get to embody that experience. So I wanted to like try to have a bunch of my own tracks that I could play along to. There are my own arrangements, my own recordings, just for my own sake for having on streams. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then I was just like, wait a minute. I've gotten to meet so many cool people over the years. Why not I just get some of these people to record on some of these tracks? Yeah. Wait, I should just put out some of this music. And <laughs> yeah. I kept it on the very big DL uh, for the time that I was going to work on a new album. Because I haven't put out... When I put out As the Sun Rises, I put that out, I want to say, in 2017, I think okay. is when I released that. So it's been three years approximately since I've put out new music. Um, oh, since I see, I see. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's just been a long time. I've yeah. I've written and, and had a bunch of other originals and stuff, but I haven't taken the the initiative to like actually put out new stuff. Um, so I picked the tunes specifically one because I wanted to have tunes that one I feel like everybody liked, but also mm-hmm. tunes that inspired me greatly. Yeah. Um, but I also wanted to make sure that the tunes that I picked and the musicians I had on fit well. Like I wanted to make sure that mm. there's one thing when you when you have somebody special on a certain track, but it's another yeah. thing when you when you have a track specifically for a certain person. Yeah. And writing writing for somebody is is like a is a bigger thing. So with all the people that I've had involved, so like for Airman specifically, um, I felt like Carlos would would have been perfect because the one time I actually had a version of of Airman originally, he popped onto my stream one time. 
and I it was out of the sounds out of this Casio keyboard at the time. And I was like, "Hey man, would you want to play over this just for just for shits and giggles?" And he's like, yeah. "Sure, I'll I'll do it." But this was me not thinking about game night at the time of as the magnitude as it was. So yeah. once he recorded that solo, he kind of forgot about whatever happened the period of time. And then I I told him, "Oh, this is going to be on a record." And he was like, "Wait, what?" <laughs> <laughs> you know, <laughs> drop that out of nowhere. Yeah. Um, so then I guess like I picked Airman. I haven't played any Mega Man games, but um that tune just slaps so hard. And <laughs> it, and it's it well I also heard of a really cool version by Joshua Morse who did okay. Airman but in a similar funky funky slower kind of way. Um and I wanted to like kind of have something that replicates that, but then I was just like, "Wait, what if Lewis Cole had like, you know, similar synth sounds but it was like uh, Airman?" I'm yeah. trying to remember the so then the other tracks were like after Airman, uh, it was like Corridors of Time. So yeah. I I had Corridors of Time. Uh, so good. Well, one I didn't. I haven't played Chrono Trigger. I'll be honest. I yeah. haven't played the game yet. You get I a pass. It's okay. I, I, <laughs> <laughs> usually people would just like rip me a new one and be no. like, "What the hell are you doing? Okay. You haven't played the game." It's no. <laughs> so uh, I, I did that track for a couple of reasons. One. When I met Patrick Bartley, uh, it was actually because uh, I went to the AP Big Band's first show in New York City. And uh, coincidentally at the time, Pat was playing with the group. I was just a member of the audience. He was playing on the gig. Okay. The moment that he was about to leave the gig, I, I go up to him and introduce myself and just say, Hey, man, I'm a drummer. Love your work. Saw your stuff online. And he's like, Wait, you're a drummer? Give me your card. And he actually coincidentally needed a drummer for his J music band for a gig, <laughs> like in a few weeks. It yeah. was just it was one of those happenstance moments where. And of course, his J not to interrupt, but his J music band that's anime and J like all of that. I mean, Japanese huge, pop, Japanese, Japanese pop, pop yeah. Japanese video games. Yeah. It's anything Japanese for influence. Yeah. Essentially, is what they do. Yeah. And it, it just like he called me at like two or three in the morning that night. Say, hey man, do you want to do this gig? <laughs> I checked you out. You're great. Let's, you know, and I was like, yeah, I ain't saying no (laughs) to this. Of course. So that's how our relationship started. He called me on a J music thing. I've done some work for him with Mm -hmm. his band that gig at the time. Actually, he had the great Australian uh, singer, Donna Burke, who I know lives in Japan. She's done like Tokyo Ghoul, Final Fantasy, mainly known for Snake Eater on on Metal Gear Solid, if I recall correctly. Um, She's great. Absolutely amazing human being. Um, she flew all the way from Japan just to come to New York for this gig, wow. which is, which is cool. So that gig happened a few, few weeks after that, he was like, Hey man, I lead this video game music jam session in the city and we're doing this theme where it was actually chrono trigger music. I, he was like, I'd love to have you on. I was like, dude, let's do it. Yeah. So that actually like opened my eyes to getting to know more about just chrono trigger music in general. Mm-hmm. And, um, I forget the composer's name, unfortunately, um, but just the magic and the essence of that music is, is so incredible and how well it correlates to telling the story in the game yeah. made me like, be like, okay, yeah, I need to cover a Chrono Trigger tune because this music has, you know, it hits different. It, it feels like it's, it's deep video game music lore. And I wanted to bring it full circle with having Pat on a version of Corridors of Time because I was just like, if he had me doing that kind of stuff, it, it's a perfect fit because I remember him telling me how passionate he felt about playing these tunes when we did that session. And all those those covers we did are on their YouTube channel. Um, so that was that was really cool. Mario Kart, Waluigi Pinball. Again, Mario <laughs> Mario's <laughs> my favorite series. Mario Kart's my yeah. favorite series, hands down. Um, okay. And I was, I don't know how, why, or what, how I came up with the crazy idea of having two of the baddest bass players on the internet doing a bass battle duel. Um, it's so I, good. It, there was, the, yeah, it's that, it's that, there was this album called SMV, which is uh, Stanley Clark, Marcus Miller, and Victor Wooten. And okay. I, I, I was like, 
what 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 stuff exists out there that multiple bass players are playing melodies, bass lines, chords, and stuff like that. And that was like one of the only things that I found outside of like yeah. um, Christian McBride doing his podcast series, where I think him and Ron Carter actually had a thing going on where they both played tunes together, both playing bass. Yeah, you don't you don't regularly see that too no, often. No, it doesn't happen much. Yeah. No. So I was just like, how could I take a Mario Kart tune and make Charlie and Adam do some crazy trading and 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 try to make a, a big bass feature. Mm-hmm. And it turned out better than expected, but we had to like definitely jump through some hoops on how to make it work because what actually happened was like I had to have Adam and Charlie both record two bass parts each, one melody part and one bass part. Oh, wow. And then mixing and mastering that thing, shouts to the Tony Dickinson, uh, who did an amazing job mixing and mastering the whole record. Um, we had to treat each player uniquely. So the bass players that played the bass parts, we had to take those two parts and kind of combine them as one person, mm. even though they're played being played by two different people. <laughs> and then the melodies were just like, you know, kind of a, we had to like roll off the low end as much as possible. So their trebles and the, and the higher end stuff. So it made them sound like more like a horn player. So <laughs> that was like the biggest thing with that. Um, but I also, yeah, I love Mario Kart music. It's, it's some of my favorite music out there. I mean, I played a lot of Halo as a kid. It's probably my favorite game on Xbox, and I felt like the Soul Bros sound for for that was was just perfect. In all honesty, I think that just the Halo theme is just so iconic yeah. that it's it's just it, I just essentially wanted to get the most iconic you know covers that I felt I felt connected to yeah. onto the record. Missing one more Green Hill Zone. Green yep, Hill Zone. Sonic. That's why Sonic. <laughs> just another, just another iconic tune in my opinion. But I had yeah. a fun, I had a fun idea with like, what if Sonic had like a drum and bass kind of thing? Because when you listen to the original composition, it's so short. It, yeah. It's just a small bit of the tune. I was just like, how can I expand this and make this a little bit more tangible to actually make it feel like a song? Mm-hmm. And and I had to like double up on the melody, but then do the bridge twice as fast. But it, it all worked out perfectly. And <laughs> you know, Grammy Award winning Button Masher, um, which which is also he played on on that tune along with Max Boyko, and then it's just like yeah. So I guess I, I picked those covers because one, those were tunes that some of them resonated with me very well, but at the same time too, I just wanted to get some good hits that most of the VGM community knew of. Um, mm-hmm. That's kind of, I guess, why I picked those tunes specifically. Yeah. yeah. Outside of that, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it was uh, the fir- my first introduction to Max Boyko and me being an old trumpet player, uh, I, I just always connect to the trumpet players. So. Yeah, I, I actually would not know Max if it weren't for Pat either. Like Pat oh, okay. Bartley, Pat Bartley alone introduced me to quite a few people in New York City okay. that were also deeply into VGM. Like Max has done stuff stuff for Charlie's a big band. He leads his great band VGM Collective. Yep. Uh, on occasion, so there's like 
the, the whole slew of people that I've met through others have just been crazy, and everybody's yeah. like super passionate about yeah. this stuff. So it just feels so new and exciting. And, you know, again, I've, I've brought it up a number of times already in our conversation, but these originals are really great. And uh, I, I love all three of them, and they're all three so different, which I really appreciate as well. So talk about the, the very first track is called Now Loading. So tell me about, uh, about that one. It's funny for this tune in particular. I, I think when I was starting to write originals that were kind of based off of video game or any kind of gaming concepts that I wanted to make sure that I have some sort of kind of feelings related to them. I remember mm -hmm. specifically when I wrote this tune, I didn't really know. I, I just thought the thumping seas at the beginning was part of like a now of like of a loading bar kind of yeah. just coming across the screen. But the more and more I've thought about it as the tune has evolved over the years, I love the idea of it's just when you get a new game for the first time, you're loading it up for the first time. It's that excitement that hits you. It's that, you know, the ability to just like, okay, sure, you're waiting for it to load up. It's probably not the most ex exciting thing ever, but it's those jitters. It's It's that kind of when you get to start something new, you know, it maybe maybe it's not even gaming related for that matter. It's the opportunity to to um, the opportunity to pursue a new passion, the opp opportunity to pursue something that it will take a little bit of time to develop over the years. But I kind of like the idea of the tune is is something that like hits hard and and gives people a sense of confidence to be like, okay, this is a fresh start. This is yeah. something that we can try for the first time and i feel like that tune in particular it, especially with how it's evolved like it did not sound how it did on the album originally when i first was recording it but once okay. tony once tony dickinson did his magic on bass and guitar i was like dude this is it this this freaking rocks man it just <laughs> it just has like some really i mean i guess you could think it almost counts a sound kind of sounds like an anime opening for that matter too sure you know um sure. but yeah that that one that one just hits hard. And then Dave Pollock doing some like soprano sax stuff at yeah. the end too. He's just one of my best friends. He shreds uh shreds that thing to pieces. And so it's then hard I, to sound it's hard to sound good on soprano sax, I think, you know. I mean, you can listen to recordings of John Coltrane and feel that way. Like this must be a hard instrument to play. <laughs> I wouldn't I wouldn't know because I don't play saxophone, but I guess like there's a certain there's a, probably a certain similar way to play different saxophones because i know the fingerings are a little bit different mm -hmm. the reeds might might feel a little bit different but i know like yeah. to dave you know i see him play a tenor saxophone great i see him play alto as his alto is his main instrument okay. but then when he picks up soprano or tenor he's just like he just sounds as good as he does on the alto i'm like dude sounds you're just a really, you're just really you're just a monster Then, then lag, when lagging came around, um, man, <laughs> I still actually am I'm thinking about how the heck did I come up with this tune? Um, I love it so much because of, of all of the really cool musical toys that I get to play with in this one. Okay. Yeah. I feel like the, the, the thing about lagging when, we, when we're playing a game or something, it's not the most exciting thing to experience. It's <laughs> honestly, it honestly sucks, especially when if you're playing some, court of, some sort of kind of game and the game's going really well, and then your internet just like backs out and be like, nope, I'm not <laughs> feeling it today, man. Just, just don't, don't want to deal with that crap. <laughs> you know, and, and you have these very stuttery kind of moments, and I was like, how can I make something funky yet have those similar feelings so i i've yeah tried to work with that you know that five over four polyrhythm thing that develops yeah. the groove in the front and then on top of that the melody 
you know, with everybody playing the melody the first time through uh, in unison, or not necessarily in unison, but rhythmically in unison, yeah. and then getting to play with displacement to where people hear like kind of a call and response to where it's like lagging behind each other yeah. uh, the second time through. And then when the bridge hits, it kind of snaps back. It, we're not lagging anymore. Oh, wait, the rhythm section then lags the second time through. And then we just get back to like kind of the main phrase. So I'm taking like, you know, the classic AABA jazz tradition thing when we yeah. play a lot of standards, but I wanted to kind of, you know, replicate those feelings when you're listening to it. Cause it takes the listener on a journey in, yes. in my opinion. And then my dudes, Jasper and Ryan just absolutely slayed um, yeah. on that tune. Cause they've really, they've really, you know, I know my, my friend Jasper loves doing like original stuff. He's, he feels more comfortable when he's playing on other people's original tunes. Um, just an amazing player in general, but they're just, they're just, they just both, uh, did really well. And then Win or Lose, We're Still Friends. That was actually a tune I've had written for a long time. Um, I just feel like the title hits well for the concept of the of this whole album. Yeah. Because again, with, with Game Nights, Game Nights are, are, have been one of my favorite things to do with friends. It's been one mm -hmm. of my uh, things I like doing outside of just playing music. You know, just getting to enjoy people's company, just to get to enjoy, you know, being around others and, and doing something because we want to and because it's fun. I think that's the whole essence about that. And at the end of the day, too, regardless of whatever happens in games, we all have to kind of realize that sometimes those games we don't need to take seriously. We don't need to put out, you know, a, a crazy amount of energy because sometimes it doesn't matter at the end of the day. Win or lose, we're still friends. It's just mm -hmm. kind of a, I think I, I titled it because it's a good message to remember for everybody that we could like, you know, there's so many things that can happen in our lives that seem like they matter but really don't and i wanted something that like just hit hit the heart a little bit and yeah. for a nice contrast in the album too um yeah because it's slower it's like it's i wouldn't really call it a ballad but it is i, I would call it a ballad it's, a smooth, okay. it's a smooth yeah. jazz ballad <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah it's it is a nice contrast Outside of just everything just being like funk in your face, just complete stank face material and that sort of thing, it's <laughs> nice to have like a, oh, we could have we could get a little sensitive for a minute and have a yeah. minute to breathe and reflect and and relax, and that that track Dave Dave Pollock plays probably one of my favorite solos he's ever played. Like mm. if you if you know don't know who Dave Pollock is, he's not only a great saxophonist, a great educator. He has a great YouTube channel. I've done stuff for him for a long long time. And it's like, if you want to know what he sounds like, you just listen to that one track. That's that's <laughs> He's got little bebop lines. He's got a little bit of soul. He's got a little bit of other stuff in there that mm -hmm. is just like, it, it kind of encompasses who he is as a person. So, Dom, who are you listening to right now? Who inspires you musically, whether it's got to do with video games or not? Oh man, this is a this is always a tough <laughs> question because yep. the problem I feel like the problem is for me I I don't I don't want to say I don't actively listen to music as much as I used to. Yeah. Um, but I don't actively listen to music as much <laughs> as I used to. You know. I understand. I do. It's not it's not for any particular reason. Yeah. I guess like when I'm in search for ideas or concepts. Um, 
sometimes I will listen to my other friends that are into the video game music stuff yeah. late recently. So I guess if I have to think, I might just pull up my Spotify and, and just like yeah, look it. at what I've listened up. I mean, I mean anything, mine's a shit show too. So it's no, like I, and that's all over that's the place. totally fine. I would say anything lettuce. It, Adam Deitch has been a genius because he leads that group, and it's just some of the most most killing things that I've nice. listened to in a while. Um, he, they, their band just is like a, a great example of an instrumental funk band that that can get people feeling anything. Like they've been yeah. doing it for so long too. Um, I gotta think. It's been a hot minute. I mean, other other um, other tunes that I've I've liked. I mean, Tower of Power was always a band that I liked listening to growing up. Yeah, a uh, little bits of the Meters, Cool and the Gang were were, were great too. Um, I'm trying to think. I mean, when I, when I was leading my first band, I was always like thinking of Pat Metheny or Stevie oh, yeah. Wonder. Mm-hmm. Um, I love Pat Metheny's stuff. Um, his track "Here to Stay." Off of, I think the album we like it here is one of my absolute favorites mm-hmm. of his. Mm-hmm. Um, I just kind of like the really groovy stuff. Sometimes I tune in and I just listen to the watercolor station on Sirius XM, and I just like bask in that stuff because it's yeah. that's all stuff that I that I hear um, people doing. Um, outside of that, it could be kind of anything. I mean, Mark Juliana had some had some really great music um, with his uh, beat music stuff. Um, some of his other original things that he's done are, are pretty great. Um, I'm trying to see who else. I guess like it's 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 a, yeah it's it, it is kind of left and right, right yeah. of left and right field because yeah. you know one I guess I'm also listening to a lot of other drummers and seeing what their influences are. Yeah. But now it's like now that I'm now that I'm listening to video game music more. I'm like okay, what composers are doing what, and mm-hmm. sometimes I'm listening to. Um, I'm listening to OSTs that I haven't heard before. Like the Ridge Racer OST oh. has has been has been a banger. Yeah, of, it's a good one. Stuff. Yeah, <laughs> that. I mean, Persona Five is also really really oh, yeah. killing. But mm. I wouldn't know of that if it weren't for the J Music guys. Mm. Um, there's so much other stuff. It's just, yeah. it's hard. It's sometimes hard to listen to everything, it, even when you feel like that. Like, I actually played through Undertale yeah. on stream uh, a few months ago. And nice. now, now I'm a big fan of the Undertale OST because mm-hmm. Toby Fox is a freaking genius. Not only for that, because not only is he makes such a really creative and cool game, but I think he really hits the nail on the head with the music being coming in at the perfect moments when you're at a peak point of the story sure. and the music reflecting on when you're when you're getting to a certain point like i love the track another medium when you're getting into like the hotlands mm-hmm. um that sort mm-hmm. of thing that's probably one of my favorites of of his ost um yeah, yeah. I, I i it's kind of threw a bunch of answers out there but <laughs> i love it i love it well what are you working on right now in terms you know are you recording are you planning another game night in the future what's what's happening there well so i know my current goal right now is to get more game nights happening uh meaning having the band play more cons and more shows yeah um, yeah yeah still still in an application phase because the band is is pretty new to the yeah. scene uh yeah. and i still feel like i still have a lot of work to do to kind of get things going but my hopes is to apply for mag west so hopefully i'll be on the west coast for mag west um i'm still waiting to hear actually from too many games so there might be a chance that game night might be there in philly Sweet. um Outside of that, I'm I am trying to work on some new arrangements. I'm trying to work on some more originals. I actually have have uh, a fun concept with trying to work on more tunes or writing original compositions based on tabletop ideas. And oh, and okay. well, just just for the because it's it's kind of a fun little thing that I don't think a, a lot of people think about. Like yeah. I know D and D Dungeons and Dragons is is a big is huge on the internet nowadays. But I always like have thoughts of like you know with the game night theme. What other ways can I kind of pull from different mm-hmm. avenues or what other kinds of inspirations? So, like, I'm trying to find other fun concepts, whether it's something with, like, dealing cards or rolling dice or, you know, just just kind of the normal actions that sometimes we do when we're playing a game and seeing how I can musically make that uh, into a concept or an idea. Mm-hmm. Um Outside of that, I'm still streaming on Twitch. That's been kind of my my main bread and butter. I stream three days a week. And my community, sometimes we we do video game Mondays where they request random, you know, uh, video game 
uh, OSTs that I haven't heard before and I just jam out to them and try to see some some of them are bangers and I'm like save that for later I want to check that out yeah. uh, so it's it's kind of a fun explorative experience on on Twitch because I get to utilize that as a creative space um, and you know I'm always trying to work with, with other people too so like I do freelance recording I do teaching gigging you know because of my studio setup now I, I love recording people for people remotely so you know there's any other composers for video games or others that are listening that need drums give me give me a call i'd be more than happy to supply some music for y'all and i i recommend him <laughs> i didn't i didn't I didn't, pay, I didn't pay her to say that okay. no no you, you didn't um but it, it was so great also to have you here in minneapolis for vgm con and that's a con that um i think this was the eighth year I'm trying to remember now but it's such a fun experience and it's so nice for us to the locals here to to have something locally and to be watching it grow every year so talk a little bit about what you did here uh just this past weekend even though it's going to be a few weeks before this airs yet but uh but I'm just curious you know what that was like for you to come to Minneapolis and um hang out hang out at VGM Con and perform yeah no so like vgm con to me i one i've been telling a lot of people that i felt like it's it's been the most fulfilling weekend for me in years in all Mm, honesty wow for 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 a lot of reasons for for a whole lot of reasons one um i'm trying to remember the first time that i met austin and vaughn uh some of the guys that work behind vgm con yeah i believe it was probably either I think it was probably online, if I remember correctly. They probably came through one of my streams once or twice. Um, but we kind of hit it off after after a period of time. And they had me invited me on to VGM Conline. So I performed like a solo set uh, of doing stuff for them during the pandemic because, you know, they couldn't have people in person. Yeah. Um, but after that, you know, I kept in touch with them. We actually hung out at MAGFest this, this previous year or this yeah. recent year. And I was like, you know, hey, what's the possibility we can make game night happen at VGM Con? He's like, we can work something out. So, you know, in my mind already, I was like, okay, cool. We we could potentially have another, you know, cool thing to work towards. Um, But I also like one, never been to Minneapolis before. Didn't know what to expect. I kind of wish I got to see more. But at the same time, I was just like, I was happy I was just there for the convention because that was my main focus. Mm -hmm. Um, I guess like, man. One, it was just fun to be around people that, it, it, you know, conventions sometimes can be overwhelming. There's a lot of yeah. people walking around, so many things going on at once. It still had that feeling, but at the same time, I loved the intimacy. I loved mm-hmm. just the the fact that we could, you know, people like you and I could have a sit-down conversation for like 20, 30 minutes, actually make a connection, and and then, you know, rinse and repeat and do that with other people. Like, yeah. sometimes at conventions, you don't get the chance to do that. You really only get the chance to say, hi, hey, what do you do? That seems cool. Let me give you a follow. And then nothing happens. You yeah. know, there's yeah. it, not many people take the initiative to actually make something happen after you meet somebody. And, and that's something I know, one, I'm trying to do more of. I'm trying to take advantage of like, hey, I met so many cool people. We need to do stuff. We need to make, you know, things happen. So one, I, I appreciated just the ability to actually have a connection with people. Um, I actually got in with Carlos uh, and uh, on Thursday, so we actually took day oh, nice. zero. We took the day zero before the convention started to get in, get to our hotel, and be situated. And I'm gonna just be honest; that's the move to do to any yeah. convention because <laughs> yeah, it, oh, it's 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 better off. Even if the con was only starting at 3 p.m., you know, we still actually had stuff to do in Friday morning. Um, it was great to have a day to kind of just relax and, and chill, kind of walk around yeah. the space, see who was around. Um, then Friday morning, we had the sound check for my game night band. Um, so it was, it was, it was cool because one, yeah, that was the second performance ever playing with game night. Our first oh, wow. performance with game night was at Magfest, at the Belvedere lobby. So, you know, <laughs> wow. I guess the other thing too, with this band in particular is like, when I want to try to get certain people, it takes certain um, it takes certain circumstances to make that happen. Like yeah. I was talking with Austin the whole time about like you know okay I have this lineup in mind of people that we're trying to get. So we really tried to correlate 
you know, things where he was getting some of the guys I had in my band to do their own stuff. So that way yep. it was easier for them to work with rather than me just to bring, you know, six people with me and expect, you know, X amount of a budget and, and yeah. so many other logistics. It was, it was quite a headache at times dealing with all the logistics because sure. being a band leader is not easy, no. uh, that sort of thing. <laughs> so I was just happy that once we were finally getting things rolling at the convention, I was like, okay, I had some time to breathe. But then on top of that, the best part of the weekend was meeting some of my Twitch moderators, some of my community members from people online in person for the first time. Like yeah. I've been streaming on Twitch now for over three years. And there's there the one thing about streaming is it's very complicated. It's very hard. It's it's not an easy thing to do. And and I you know, for me having as much experience as I have, you would think I would know better of how to cope with you know, streams being low, streams being high. It's it, the, the viewership sometimes wavers. Yeah. Sometimes you won't get X amount of subs per month. And that, you know, depends on certain circumstances of what's happening in the world. But yeah. meeting, meeting all the community members and, and other friends in person made everything worth it. It, it. it didn't matter at the end of the day, what happened. The fact that there were people that were there that cared about what I did and that yeah. cared about me as a person uh, in a positive way, you know, <laughs> made it worthwhile for me because I was just like, man, you know, the fact that some people, like I had one of my moderators come from Canada just, wow. just to see me at the con. Yeah. I was like, dude, like <laughs> I also had, I also had two of my, be two of my best friends from high school that happened to be on a road trip that happened <laughs> to be in Minneapolis that weekend wow. just to see my show. And I was wow. just like, yeah. so it, it was a lot of emotional feelings for me personally because yeah. You know, people are coming from all different directions to actually get a chance to see me do my thing, and yeah. and that's like, I don't, I wouldn't trade that for the world. I wouldn't, yeah. I wouldn't trade that for for the world. So it was like, not only did I, I have a great time just hanging out with people and vibing, but then mm -hmm. playing with game night and playing with other groups too. Like I played with VGM Collective. That was so much fun. <laughs> yeah. I played with I played with Robbie's Robbie's set Gwabs, uh, and we yeah. had some fun playing some tunes. And then the game night thing was, you know, the 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 peak of my weekend because like it was the happiest I've felt in years performing with a new wow. project, doing something. And, and you know, I was emotional on stage. I was I was literally emotionally shaking and just wow. like feeling all sorts of kinds of feels, you know. <laughs> I don't I don't think I've ever felt as passionate about something in music than this specifically. Wow. I felt like it's kind of hit me lately that I'm like, I think I'm destined to do this game night thing. Seriously. Mm. I think mm -hmm. this is what I ultimately want to do for, you know, the future. If it, if it nets me money, great. If it doesn't, you know, it doesn't matter because it, it, the most important thing is I, I, I'm getting the opportunity to bring really cool people into uh, something that I feel like is really special. And yeah. getting to share that with the video game music community is like an absolute privilege. So, you know, yeah. VGM Con is, it was, was just a great experience overall for me. Um, nothing but good things to say about it. And and I just, again, the atmosphere I felt like was, was, was perfect. It was, mm -hmm. you know anything everything and everything that you want in a con they had and i like the fact that the people there all the staff and everybody that i've met they care about every single person that goes mm -hmm. you know they yeah. it doesn't matter it doesn't matter if you're performing or if you're just an attendee everybody's being taken care of well yeah. and treated well and yeah. and that's that shows that really really shows yeah, it's such an amazing event, and I can't wait for next year. This was my favorite year so far, and I've the only one I missed was the um, con line. It's the mm. only one I didn't participate in, or and if I did, I don't remember. <laughs> I don't think right. I did because pandemic. Who knows what happened? But um, but yeah, I just I love it so much, and I'm just so so glad that you guys were there and that you were there and that I got to meet you in person. And hear you play live was such a wonderful experience because, you know, you're you're a tremendously talented, you know, musician, and and so are the people that you played with, and it's just such a joy to hear that caliber of music making um, with the caliber of of music that is game music, which is wonderful and we all love. So it was a treat for us to hear you. I, I really appreciate that. I wouldn't. I honestly wouldn't be able to do it. If it weren't for, you know, 
the 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 musicians that were able to join me too and had you know had yeah. as much interest as i did with with this particular project you know it's 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 a lot to 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 do it myself but when i when i get to do it with people that care as much as me it, it it only makes things better in my opinion especially with you know my standard i try to put myself towards a very high standard and i want you know musicians that are on the same level or or higher than that so that way there's only you know there's yeah. only one way to go and that's keep going up and and trying to push things to a, a higher level especially with just like when i'm playing with people i want to be playing with people that are better than me that way it pushes me to do better and yeah I feel like it, there's more people that are of that caliber now that are starting to take video game music seriously and and take the culture of of the community seriously too. Mm -hmm. So it's like, yeah, I know I I want to do it again. I'm going to do it as much as I possibly can. So awesome. Well, stay in touch and make sure that uh, we know every single new thing you have because I know it's going to be wonderful. Um, is there anything else you want to add before we? we go for the day um well first off emily thank you for having me this has been an absolute joy to chat oh, with you course. for a bit about all this stuff yeah, um, of course. if people want to find me on my endeavors or anything that i got going on if you search don palumbi music on twitter facebook instagram tiktok youtube i primarily stream on twitch twitch.tv slash don music that's usually where my whereabouts are um, I took a lot of footage of, of all the VGM stuff, uh, oh, nice. so, so we're going to be putting up some music videos on my YouTube channel in the next few weeks. Um, Sweet. still waiting to get a lot of those parts together, but I'm excited to kind of just have that stuff out there so then I can utilize that to apply at any other convention. So heck, if there are people that are listening and you want game night to be at a certain place or a certain show, please let me know. Cause I, I'm looking for, for more, more places yeah. to play with this band and, um, yeah, I, I, I think for me, it's just, you know, I, I only plan on doing some more really cool stuff in the future. So y'all are along for the journey. I just, I'm just feel like I'm just getting started. Great. Well, Dom, thank you so much for all your time today. It was really great to speak with you. Likewise, Emily. Thank you so much. Thank you for listening to Level with Emily. You can learn more about Don Palumbi and see a playlist, and you can support us at patreon.com slash level. Check out the video of our chat with Don Palumbi on the Level with Emily YouTube channel, and please do subscribe to the YouTube channel to get all of our new videos of interviews. I'm Emily Reese. Sam Keenan is our producer. Say hi, Sam. Well, hello. You can follow us on Twitter and Facebook at Level with Emily and learn more about us at levelwithemily.com, made possible by Adam Selvage at Tiki Web Services. And composer Brad Gentle manages our YouTube channel. Level with Emily Reese is a production of June Media Inc. Here at Level with Emily, we're part of the Audio Podcast Alliance. It features a hand-picked selection of the very best podcasts about sound. You can hear the latest episodes from our friends in the community at audiopodcast.org.